Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden, pumped to be with you again. Hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world. We'd love to hear from you. Where do you live? Send us an email. Matt at restoredministries.ca. What's mm-hmm. your email, Brad? Brad at familylifecanada.com. Either or, send us where you're from. I'm always amazed. Uh, I think we're over 70 countries now or something like that. I'm always blown away by who's listening and where you are. And thank you. And I'm thankful that you found this podcast and that you're checking and we're very humbled. We are very humbled. It's so cool. We think back to when we started. It's like, man, what God has done through all this is mm-hmm. neat. Not just getting the word out, but the lives that have been touched. And we love hearing from you guys. So thanks for you who have reached out. And if you haven't, we'd love to hear from you. But uh, today we're getting into naming your pain. Name your pain. If we were if we were rappers, I'm sure we could come up with some rap out of this rolls rhyme. off the tongue. Name your pain. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just two white boys. And so no. we're going to be talking about name your pain. And we don't have anything more creative than that. But, no. <laughs> uh, but it's good. This is hopefully going to bring healing to you. I'll share a little bit about a couple stories that have happened in my life in the last little bit here. And having to name pain. Things that I never even realized affected me. So. Mm-hmm. And I think this is great because it's like a case study. Um, we're going to use Matt's story to kind of unpack what this means to name the pain, understand it, understand the feelings surrounding it and everything else. Um, maybe some truths or, or that need to be addressed or some lies that need to be addressed and, and how we can move towards forgiving and, and um, just inviting God into those moments. So um, Matt, what's your moment? What's your story when it comes to a painful moment? Well, it was crazy for me because I've always, not always, but in this ministry, I've been working with people through 
through sexual sexual abuse from or, or sexual trauma that they've endured. And there's this thing out there about sexual abuse where a lot of people they they'll say I didn't realize I was abused, mm-hmm. and I knew that in theory, but I never could understand that because I have a decent memory in my life. I'm like I remember a lot of things. How could you just not remember something? But that's a, that's something that happens with trauma. And so in my case, it wasn't something that I didn't remember. It was that I didn't understand the impact that this one ha- one memory had on me. And so I was reading this um, article that was about a national story in junior hockey. So there was a guy, it was the middle of 2021, I think. And he came out with this story. I think he's in his 50s or 60s. And so he played junior hockey in Canada in the, in the I think, the 80s. Mm. Came out with this story about being sexually abused in the dressing rooms and, and in hotel rooms and stuff by his teammates. And how these people just... Like, like his abusers became uh, well known in NHL and yeah. he had to see their names and all that and he and it wrecked his life and so he was sharing this story and I was reading this article about it and I heard or I read this quote by him he said I wanted to share my story to help other people who have gone through similar things and I was like cool that's great and there was no connection like nothing oh yeah that was me <laughs> <laughs> and so then from this whole article and this new story that was out um, and some of you in Canada, especially, you may you may have heard some of the stuff if you're into sports. But but from his story, the Canadian Hockey League, where all the junior or the top junior leagues are part of the Canadian Hockey League, the CHL sent out this survey to a bunch of former players, one in our experience. And so hockey is not really part of my life anymore. I just kind of put it off. I'm like, no, nah, it's whatever. My my voice isn't going to be because isn't going to matter. And so not from an insecure standpoint, but just uh, I'm busy, or whatever. So I kept getting these email. I think it was like the fourth time I got this email to do this survey. I, I finally, I, I had some time. I'm like, sure, I'll just do it. So I was just kind of ripping through it and did this. Did you experience any of this? Did you see any coaches abusing players? Did you whatever? I'm just kind of like mindlessly going through all the questions. And it came to, were you sexually abused? And then there was there were like five descriptors about this is what sexual abuse is. And I'm like, no, that didn't happen to me. So just no next question. Were you sexually violated? And I'm like, no. But then I read the descriptors and I'm like, holy, this happened to me actually. Mm -hmm. And I forget what the description exactly was, but I read one of them. I'm like, that is exactly what happened. And so I sat there and I was stunned or shocked or whatever you want to say it, because I had this feeling inside me like, I have to admit that I was a victim mm-hmm. and it was very hard for me to admit. So I just, I remember I was in my car. I just sat there for a bit. I'm like, I don't know if I can admit this. And so finally I got to the point where I did. And so I hit, I just like quickly hit yes, but I didn't want to face it. The next question came and I was like, wow, I just wanted to quickly hit yes and move on and not face it. Mm-hmm. So I sat there. I'm like, well, what is going on here, God? And I started talking to him. And I don't know if it was then or later on that he answered me, but it was, it was that, that was kind of the start of it where I had to name that pain because I had this memory. And I guess I can share what the memory was. So I was in my, in the hockey dress room. I was a 16 year old who, and at 16 year rookie. So I was a rookie. I was also quiet. I was also insecure. And so I was um, in the shower after practice and I was with these guys. And at that time uh, I'd been watching porn, but I, I had never masturbated at that time. And and so these guys were bugging me about that, that I'd never masturbated. And then, um, so already feeling a little bit isolated, right? And I come out of the shower and I'm just at my stall in the dressing room and I'm going to get changed. And and these guys came out of the shower and they're like, Kleiner, we want to see 
like you're when you wanted to see me everything like my body and like carefully inspect things like it's bizarre <laughs> my privates right and so i covered myself up with my hands they're like move your hands so then i partially exposed myself they're like no we want to see everything move your hands and so i then my hands are out to the side and and so then these three older guys on the team who had already been making fun of me now they're talking to each other but in, right in front of me about my body and so I didn't realize from that moment but it led to these insecurities where even throughout my 20s before I got married I'd always think what's my wife going to think of my body mm. like I, I'm going to be embarrassed when my wife sees my body the first time and the crazy thing about this is there's not even anything wrong <laughs> like, like <laughs> normal right. and but the, that doesn't matter when you have these insecurities or these trauma things that have happened where people violate you there's these insecurities and these beliefs about yourself that that we carry and so for me I did never recognize these beliefs that formed in me from this experience and I also never was able to forgive people because I didn't even understand mm. the impact so I always had these insecurities I always had this memory I knew what happened to me but I didn't realize that it was something that happened to me I was just no. like oh it was yeah, it's a memory whatever but I didn't really think about it lots didn't know the impact and so when this moment came when I'm doing this survey and I didn't want to face it I was like, wow, there's something in me mm. that is bigger than I realized. Wow. So was there like a flood of emotion that you were a little bit shocked that was there? Or, or like what kind of gave you an indicator that there's something to this? Yeah. I think the first indicator was I didn't want to face it. Mm. And it was yeah. it was a shock that I that I had to admit that I was a victim. And this is something that I've seen in other people multiple times and when working their, through their own abuse, whether it's emotional or sexual or whatever. Like we always want to be strong, right? We always mm -hmm. want to have this good image of ourselves. Like, no, I can handle things. I'm yeah. strong. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I can handle things. And so when we have this mindset to then have to admit that you're a victim or that you were a victim in a circumstance, like, oh, I guess this impacted me more than I realized. And mm -hmm. I wasn't a big enough man I wasn't strong enough or whatever to withstand this and so it was hard for me to admit that I was a victim that it was something that happened to me because number one I think I had minim minimized it and that happens a lot and so it's not just me I'm saying this for you out there if this if you, there's a similar memory for you I minimized the effect of it because I always had the memory but I didn't realize the effect and I just thought yeah those guys were mean or whatever and just in general not even just with this memory but I minimized the effect because I wasn't able to identify the emotions. And so I think you asked me what, what were the emotions mm -hmm. I felt. Mm -hmm. And so initially, yeah, it was just like kind of shock or, uh, or feeling st stunned. But, but also feeling like I have to be okay with being weak right now. And that, mm -hmm. was, a, that was a hard one. I think that was probably at the core of it. Like I have to admit that things got to yeah. me. Wow. That can be part of the part of the healing process, but it's a hard part of it for sure because it's like you didn't have control in that moment. You were you were violated in in, in a way. Yeah. Like you were, it's hard to see it that way. I mean, did you reframe that memory over the years? Like you know, this kind of you came face to face with it, but before that, were you like you said, it was just something that happened and you didn't really give much thought to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And that's part of why God, I think he highlighted that to me because I was able to then reframe it. And so if it's just a memory, then like if there's nothing bad that came from the memory, why would I ever need to reframe the memory? Like there's nothing bad there, right? So 
I didn't even understand that I had to reframe it or had to get healing on it. And I'll talk about what that reframing looked like in a sec. But mm. I also didn't understand that I had to forgive those kids for what they did or what yeah. they said because I didn't even understand the impact. Wow. So when you minimize the impact, then you don't know that you have to forgive or reframe things and get healing. And so there's different people I can think of where their own sexual abuse or emotional abuse, they won't eat. Well, we had Will on our podcast mm-hmm. recently. He was talking about that he called his abuse sexual interference because he oh. wouldn't say abuse. And the reason why is because he was saying the person who abused me, they weren't trying to hurt me. They were trying to only get pleasure from themselves. Yeah. But I said, I had to say to him, but they hurt you. You need to realize you were abused. Yes. And so when he was able to see that, it's like, oh, I was a victim that I was mm. abused. Not just interfered with a little bit. Wow. And so then he was able to, to deal with the emotions. Another guy I could think of, it was, an, it was an emotional thing, but he was saying, like, I wanted, I want to be the man. I want to be strong. Mm-hmm. I had to prove to myself that I could, could pursue or could like uh, persevere in these relationships that were abusive. And so he could never get to the point where he's like, yeah, I was emotionally abused Mm -hmm. because then that flies in the face of everything that he wanted. He wanted to be the person who was able to persevere and withstand relationships Mm -hmm. that were abusive. But in reality, he's not because we're not made to be. Nobody's, nobody's able to withstand that. No. So yeah, so I was, you you have to identify what happened to you and you have to be okay with going like, I wasn't strong enough to get through that unaffected. And so from that, when I didn't want to face it, then God highlighted it to me, or I guess he highlighted it first, but then I realized I didn't want to face it. I had to go, I had to say to God, what what is going on here? And and so the first thing was he was, he highlighted insecurities that came from that, that he wanted to heal. That was the first thing in my process. Wow. And so one of those was what I talked about. Like, what is my wife going to think about my body? I mean, <laughs> I I told Louise that before that all of this came up. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, she had the opposite. She wasn't like, oh, this body's weird. It was like, I love Matthew. I love what he looks like. It was all positive. Mm-hmm. So when I told her this, even before this memory thing, but just this thing, the security about my body, she's like, I have never thought about those <laughs> things. And so I, I then through prayer, I was like, God, what did I believe through all this or what, what happened to me through all this? That was one of them. He's like, that insecurity is not rooted in truth. It's rooted in your pain from this moment. And so that was cool. I also felt, oh, there's another part to this story too. Shortly after that, I was with another 16 year old, another rookie on our team. And we were talking about a guy named Colin Fraser who ended up winning a bunch of Stanley Cups and playing in the NHL. And and he was on our team. I think he was the captain. And and I said to this other rookie on our team, I said, Fraz, we called Colin Fraser Fraz. I said, man, Fraz is my favorite guy, like my favorite, my favorite older guy on the team. And this other rookie looked at me and he said, well, what's wrong with the other guys? Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, it, that reinforced to me that, oh, this other guy didn't get mistreated by the older guys, but I did. And so I felt belittled by these guys. I felt isolated. I was treated differently. And so you have this belief that I can't be part of the crew. I can't be part of even older people. I always was intimidated by older people. I can't be friends with older people. And so some of these beliefs that came from this, um, other people are cooler than me. This other guy, Eric, the other rookie, he's cooler than I am. These beliefs, the Lord was able to go, do you see what came from this experience? And so when I was able to see that, it's like, oh, these beliefs, these insecurities aren't part of me. It's, they came from a wound. Mm-hmm. Like it's not inherently in me. Yeah. And so 
from that, then I was able to forgive the the three guys that yeah. were talking about me. Whereas, like I said, I didn't even know that I had to forgive them. I just knew I didn't really like them yeah. in general. Right. But I didn't know that I had to forgive them for this specific thing. And so when I did that, I remember, I'll probably always remember it, but I was praying and I, and I said to Jesus something that you've, if you've been listening, you've heard us encourage you to do this before. But I, I prayed to Jesus. I said, where were you in this memory? Because mm-hmm. I always remember this guy, Doug Balzer with Soul Care. He's saying if if Jesus, if God is omnipresent, if he's everywhere, but we have a memory or a thought where he's not, then it's an incomplete memory. Yeah. And so we have to go, Jesus, where were you in that memory? So I prayed. I said, Jesus, where were you? And I, I And in my mind's eye, I could picture the dressing room, the stall I was at. And the three guys in front of me, and I pictured Jesus, and I don't think it was me. It was I asked Jesus, "Where were you?" And then the picture I saw was Jesus running past these three guys and hugging me, but also at the same time as hugging me and showing me love, he was shielding me from these guys. And so he's my first love, but he's also my defender and the one who wants to protect me. And so when I'm able to think about this memory now, I think about that image, and I and I honestly could say I don't ever think about it apart from Jesus being part of it now. And so that leads to me being thankful that Jesus was there and that he's with me. And so I, when I didn't have, when I didn't name my pain, it the pain remained. Yeah. That's the importance of it. Yeah. You got to name your pain or else the pain will remain. It's not like when you ignore something, it goes away. No, time doesn't heal all wounds. That's right. And it actually yeah. makes it worse. Yeah. It makes it fester in your yeah. body and your soul. Yeah. It, it remembers it. And so... I had to name the pain because then Jesus wanted to heal the memory. And that's where you're talking about reframing. So Jesus was able to help me reframe the memory where now it's not a painful thing. Now it's like, wow, Jesus, you were with me and you protect me and you love me. Thank you so much. That's powerful. And those guys, I want to bless them and forgive them. Wow. That's so powerful. Cause I think that you, you faced the pain, you felt the pain and Jesus sat with you in the pain. And then through that, something that you glossed over in the past now can be dealt with. I have such powerful visuals when you're sharing. Like I always think of like when someone sometimes breaks an arm, they have to reset that. And uh, otherwise it'll heal wrong. It'll, right. it'll, it'll be crooked. So sometimes they have to re-break something right. so that it'll heal properly. So it's painful. So you got to face the pain. It also brought me back. I heard this medical missionary one time, it's secondhand story. I didn't, he didn't, I didn't hear this directly from him, but they were sharing he was at a conference. He was a medical missionary in India and um, there was a huge outbreak of leprosy in one of these areas. And he started his conference talking about this and he said, thank God for pain. Thank God for pain. And why did he say that? I think a lot of people that hear that are like, I don't agree with that. I don't like that. I don't like pain. I don't want to face pain. Um, Well, he used the experiences that he had. So with leprosy, what was happening in these camps of people suffering is they can't feel anymore. They can't feel. Their fingers have leprosy. And what was happening, they couldn't feel. There was no pain. Sorry, this is graphic. But rats would come in and eat their fingers or their limbs. And they wouldn't feel it. it. They wouldn't feel it. So when he said, thank God for pain... Pain is actually something that is God-given. And when you sit in the pain with Jesus and he reveals himself through that instead of avoiding it, see Jesus through the pain. Don't avoid the pain like you're talking about. Then healing comes. But if we gloss over it, we avoid, then it becomes something that we we numb out to. And who knows what happens to us then. And and so those are visuals that came to my mind when you were sharing. Like you had to sit in the pain, face the pain, and Jesus was in the pain. Um, that's that's an incredible story. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. <laughs> that's crazy. 
Just the, yeah, the, picturing the rats eating the fingers. Oh, you can't feel it. It's I know. Pain is a pain. It's is a very gift. dangerous, right? And that can happen to us um, emotionally, spiritually, like things we don't see necessarily, but we're so numb we don't feel it anymore, and we're eroding. We're dying in, wow. in, a, in a bad way. Whereas God, I mean, if we face the pain, the pain is actually can be helpful in the sense when we invite God into it, it's revealing something. It's shedding light on something. And maybe it's moments like this that you're wow. talking about. Yeah. Wow. That reminds me. I mean, I'll share another story from my own life too that happened recently, I think. But there, there I was speaking at a men's breakfast, I don't know, a few weeks ago, last month. This guy came up to me after because I was talking about rejection and the connection between that and porn came up to me after he's like Matt you're talking about rejection rejection's always been my trigger and he tells me this wild story and I mean it took him 20-30 minutes but the craziest part well I don't know there's a lot of crazy <laughs> there's a lot of crazy parts in the story his life story God is showing up in wild ways but one of the things he said he was he he's old like I don't know in his 60s and maybe 70 and uh and his just recently, his son was uh, was talking to his to the son's grandma, right? So the the guy I'm talking to, it's his son and his mom talking, and the grandma had dementia. So the grandma in dementia, like people with dementia, they start talking about their past a lot, mm-hmm. and so so the grandma starts talking about what happened to her son when she was pregnant, and so that when she was pregnant she was pregnant with the guy with the dad right and now that dad for following mm-hmm. she's talking to the son so oh, the grandma wow. is ta- telling the grandson what happened to the grandson's dad wow okay <laughs> yeah yeah hope this is not confusing yeah so the grandma is telling the story uh we were we were very broke we went through a famine in the great depression mm-hmm. if i have another kid like it, i'm gonna be a burden to my family so let's just so my mom and i decided let's take care of it so she's like so i went to the bath I was knocked out in the bath and my mom, my mom came in with a hanger and tried to abort my oh, child, wow. Wow. which was this kid's dad. So wow. now the grandson is hearing this. So the grandson comes home, says to dad, wasn't that a crazy thing that happened to you? So then he, and then the son, like the kid was born with malfunction or de- defects, whatever. Yeah. I forget where, but some defects in his body. And so he had to have these surgeries and stuff as, the, as a young baby. And so the son's like, Dad, wasn't that crazy what happened to you when you were a baby? And he's like, what are you talking about? He had never been told this story before. And so as a result of these surgeries, he was put in a room in the hospital for six months where his mom wasn't allowed in. So his mom would pump breast milk and then give it to a nurse. And a different nurse every day would go and give him the milk. And so one day this guy was praying. He's like, God, why have I dealt with rejection issues my whole life? Like, why is it so strong? And God gave him a dream. And in this dream, he as an adult was back in this room that his that he as a baby was in for six months. And he said, I was watch or I was looking at myself as a baby and I could hear the baby's thoughts. And the thoughts were, I wonder who's gonna love me tomorrow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> and so he was asking God, he was naming his pain. Why do I deal with rejection? Why has it been so strong? Yeah. And God highlighted where that came from. Mm. How would he have ever known that? Yeah. You can't. You can't. How would you know? Yeah. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me. I'll show you great and mighty things that you can't, that you don't know, or yeah. I'll show you unsearchable things. That's an unsearchable thing. But he first called to God and God gave him a dream. Because then what? Then he's able to realize, oh, this was a pain that happened has led to the rejection. I can forgive what happened to the people who impacted me. And then he can, he can pursue healing. And so 
Yeah, you have to. You have to name the pain. When things have gone on in your life and you don't want to face it, maybe, we always want to be strong. We want to be able to handle things in life. We all do. And so there was this person that said something to me. I was just starting ministry. And, but I mean, not really started just like at the very, very early start, uh, starting point and starting points, whatever of ministry and person comes to me and is like, Matt, I don't see entrepreneurship on you at all. You should just go get a nine to five job. And I'm like, like, well, the Lord is the Lord. And I mean, I've, I've even before that I'd been, I don't know, four years, five years, whatever, pursuing business. And, and so this person came into my life. I didn't, they didn't know my past at all, but they were trying to be prophetic. Right. <laughs> oh, Which man. I've learned yeah. a lot of prophetic people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of their, some are accurate for sure, but also some, they do it for their own selfish yes. gain, yeah. right. Or yeah. affirmation in themselves. Oh, I'm prophetic. I don't see entrepreneurship yeah. on you. You yeah. should get a job. I'm speaking for your good, Matt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I said, well, I mean, I know what the Lord has called me. No, no. You think God has called you. Like, oh, okay. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And so over the years, I would always say to myself, that didn't affect me, that person. That was, they were wrong. Like, they don't know my life. Mm-hmm. That didn't affect me. And just uh, well, a few months ago, I was in my basement and, and the Lord brought that phrase to mind. I don't see entrepreneurship on your life, Matt. Wow. And he said, that affect the Lord, clear, that affected you more than you realize. Mm. I was like, what? And then God started showing me or bringing to mind these different memories over the past few years where I would maybe do something I wasn't sure of, or I would think that I failed in something. And, and I would think, well, maybe he was right. Hmm. And so God started revealing those things. Like, do you see, you've thought about this more than you would think about it if it didn't affect you, it affected you. And so sometimes there's things that, that hinder us or, or in our thought life, these thoughts that go round and round and round from memories in our past and I wanted to say, no, that didn't affect me. I'm more, I'm more able or capable than that person thinks. They don't know me. They don't see my value, whatever. I try to be strong, right? God's like, no, that affected you more than you realize. And I had to, it was like a submission actually in that moment. It was vulnerable for me. It was only me and God, but it was like, yeah. oh, I, I had to like submit myself to the reality that I was, that I had pain and that I was violated or that someone spoke something to me that hurt me. I didn't want it. That, that was a good one, actually. I right. didn't want to admit that I was hurt, but I was hurt. Yeah. And God had to say that affected you more than you know. And so I had to admit that. Mm-hmm. So that why? So that I could realize, okay, I could forgive this person. Mm-hmm. If I if it never affected me, I didn't need to forgive him. Yeah. And so now I could forgive him. Now I could realize that the, the reason I don't believe I can do certain things is because of the lie, not because of something that's inherently in me. Mm. And so God was able to then separate this, this lie from me. And from there, now it's cool because God highlighted different things in my life that I wasn't willing to try because I didn't think that I could. I didn't think I was good enough. And now he's like, no, I, I, one other thing, just recently the Lord said, I want you to believe things can work for you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And so he's like chipping away at this belief system that I had from this pain. So I had to name the wow. pain and then go, this is how I've behaved because of it. And now God's chipping away at the belief system that I've developed from that. And so he's like, no, things can work for you. You are able, be with me. Things are going to work and things are going to happen. And so Anyways, there's all these things in my life and different people's lives that we want to ignore and we, we don't want to name, mm-hmm. but we've got to name the pain so that we can actually get healed. Yeah. Like, cause I, I think that sometimes we think there's some sort of sign of weakness if we 
um, right. acknowledge these things and we don't want to appear weak to ourselves or others. So we just say, you know, or shrug it off like it's not a big deal or, but I mean, sometimes I think the unnamed pain in our life is controlling us. We just don't know it. It's controlling our behavior, our beliefs, um, our relationships to a degree, maybe our view of God even. And so naming it while hard and difficult to face that, it at least opens you up to transformation and change that God's doing in your life. Like you were talking about um, the different reframing components that God brought to you through these moments. And maybe you listening out there, you're thinking through, what are some things too? And I think that's a good prayer. I think if you're hearing Matt's um, story here and you're wondering if I have anything like that, you know, you can pray into that. And, and maybe there are some things, um, maybe it doesn't come right away, but, you know, but like for you, Matt, like, so once you, you address some of these things, what were some things that you had to do to come to terms and acknowledge? And I know we were talking about forgiveness, but what, where did you see God work when you invited him in here? And what did you have to do? Like, what are some choices you had to make? Well, for this last one about person not believing in me you shouldn't do this to think you heard god you should go mm. to get a normal job i i've had to i've had to be so intentional in in praying like can like constantly god you you can do things with me i can do things with you not i can't do things or not oh i don't think i can do that so i'm not going to do it it's like if i notice myself going i don't think i can do that it's like wait a second so then i stop and i never would do this before i would just go i don't think i can do it and I wouldn't, and it could be anything in life. It could be like building something in my house because I don't think I'm a handy guy. It could be getting the right vitamins for my kids because I don't it overwhelms me or something. So I just avoid it and I let my wife do it. It could be anything, or it could be something in the ministry. It could be praying for people. I don't think I can pray for people, so I'm just not mm-hmm. going to do it. Now it's like when I have these thoughts, I don't think I can do it. Like no, actually. God said I can do things. It's a lie to think that I can't do what he's called me to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to do it. When I even like thoughts about my body, if I look at my body, which I think a lot of people can relate to that with body image stuff, you look at your body and, and if I ever think insecure thoughts, it's like, but what did God say? God said that insecurity came from a wound, not from him. So God, what's your truth? And I start thanking him for these things. Thank mm-hmm. you that I can do things with you. Thank you for the body that that you gave me it it really has practically changed i'm not just saying that in theory like it's changed me for sure mm. being able to recognize these truths and then thank god for it so so a lot of yeah and, and, well and i'll say this too and answer your question the first time like with the hockey dressing room i saw this visual in my mind's eye of jesus coming right reframing the memory mm-hmm. but with the second one it's been a constant where god is speaking belief into me where someone else spoke doubt into me yeah, And so I have to continually be going to God. And there's different things that he has said to me, that God has said to me that I have to hold on to where he believes in me and he believes in me and he believes in me. And, and, I, and so I have to pray in agreement with that rather than thinking, oh no, I can't do it. So the first time it was like an instant kind of reframing. The second time it's been more of a process, but I have to agree with him and notice the times where I'm living out of the insecurity that came from the pain. And when I can notice that, then I can, can reframe myself or, mm-hmm. or the situation and shift myself to be in alignment with God. So if you're listening, I, I want you to understand like any trauma that has happened in your life will impact you, whether big or small. And think about this, like if someone gets their head bludgeoned in or whatever, like 
there you go get beat by an axe or a car accident like big trauma we could think of that as trauma but if we get a bruise on our arm medically speaking they'll say that's a trauma too it's just a little trauma right and so if if even sexually speaking our sexual development there's a there's an a uh, way that god wants us to develop sexually when we get shown something when we're six years old when we're in bed with our cousin and we're naked when we're seven years old that's a violation of the development that god wants there's a trauma there yep. so you can think what are the beliefs that i that stemmed or that got into me from these experiences maybe yep. it's nothing maybe it's nothing but maybe it's something so it could be something that happened to you you're like yeah that happened to me but whatever maybe there's something there because it's when we're being developed as kids and we get neglected by our parents we don't get the love that we want we get this sexual development stunted or perverted there's going to be there's going to be some sort of trauma in a lot of these situations and so you can go god what are the thoughts that i have in myself because of these little traumas that i've gone through that's really powerful I don't know. I'm getting visuals today, but it's like say you were, uh, you know, growing up developmentally. You're a you're a ship, an old ship uh, on the ocean, and back in those days, they used a sextant to navigate. So they'd use the stars and this, you know, little tool they use. But if they're off just a slight degree, for miles and miles and miles, it doesn't seem like there's any change. Right. But as time goes on, you are way off the destination right. just because of a slight shift. Maybe that happened developmentally. If you're, if you can make that connection, I'm trying to make there and, and that can happen to us. It might've been a little bruise that occurred when we were growing up and it just put us off pace or off, um, our path, I guess, so to speak, uh, by a degree. And then over the years, um, we see the effect on our relationships, our beliefs, um, and it, it compounds over time. And, and so that's why it's important, even no matter how small, maybe there's something here that God wants to show you. And this isn't about, oh, I'm strong, I can withstand. It's let's acknowledge so that God can work. And, and I think there's a difference because, you know, without him, our strength is very limited. <laughs> yeah. You know, it only takes us so far, but he cares and he wants to show us those points. And it's not that you're weak. It's that you're relying on him. You're, you're letting him lead your life versus you working out of the the pain that that is existing and i think that's that's a big distinction that we need to come to terms with and so even if it no matter how small you may not have a lot of feeling around those moments even like i think matt you were talking about like it's not like you had a ton of feeling initially anyway yeah. about those memories but the more that you prayed into it god was showing that it did impact you and sometimes these things happen. They do impact us in really deep, profound ways. And so that's why it's so great to name your pain and, and just acknowledge that it did happen and, and it may have affected and informed our, our present and, and it could our future if we, if we allow it. So we need God in those moments. Yeah, 100%. I felt like, and uh, to be honest, even saying what I want to say now or I don't want to say, but even what I'm going to say, I feel a bit vulnerable even though it's not a big thing. But when I was sharing this story 20 minutes ago or whatever on the podcast, I felt I felt emotional. I felt I didn't end up crying, but I felt a little bit um, like tears coming to my eyes. And and I've shared this. I've preached about this, not even not with the same detail maybe, but but I've shared this story multiple times. I didn't ever get emotional, but today I was feeling emotional and I was like, oh, I'm not going to show that. But then one time when Brad was talking, I just felt like, oh, I should probably share that because yeah. other people, when, when you face this stuff, you do yeah. feel emotional yeah. and it's okay. It's actually really healthy to it cry. Yeah. And so, 
yeah i've i've actually cried other times i'm not crying right now but (laughs) (laughs) but i felt it coming a little bit and that's actually really good so sometimes we can have an urge to resist but when you feel that emotion let yourself feel it if you felt sad in that moment disappointment violated disrespected belittled you got to feel that emotion and let yourself cry and let yourself grieve it because then there's a a freeing and a healing that happens Mm -hmm. absolutely so I hope this was helpful. Thanks, Matt, for being vulnerable and sharing. And uh, that's what we do on this podcast. I mean, we're real people like you're real people. And we've been through stuff as you've been through stuff. And uh, can we all not just come together and understanding that God's in it? And um, we, we know that he is in your life too. So invite him in and invite him into those moments. Um, pray into them. And we just trust that the God who loves you will be working. And we pray that into your life and over your life. Absolutely. And if you're sitting there going, I think there's something, or if something comes to mind, you feel free to go to the get help tab on restoredministries.ca and book a cleansing hour. Cause someone will sit with you. It might be me, it might be someone else, but we'll sit with you and just talk through the, this stuff with you. That's maybe hard to talk about and you'll experience a cleansing like so many have before. So it's amazing. Absolutely. So we'll leave that with you. Have a great week. We will be with you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.